0: With the federal government currently the way they are, having a constitutional sheriff, I think, is more important to everybody with each election. Are you going to protect this county when the federal government comes in here to try to take our guns? Are you going to protect this county when the federal government comes in here and says we can't speak out against them? Welcome to Pod Bless America. I'm Jim. And I'm Dan. And today we're going to be talking with Sheriff Frederick Stevens from the Seneca County, Ohio Sheriff's Department. We called the law. We called the law. Now, Sheriff Stevens is one of those constitutional sheriffs that you all wish you had. He's one of those sheriffs that believes in the Constitution, he believes in his oath, and he's willing to stand up against anybody that he thinks may be getting in the way of that oath. And in this case, it's going to be the federal government. So without further ado, I guess we should just get into it. Sheriff Stevens, you there? I'm here. There we go. I appreciate you being here today. Yeah, welcome Uh, to the pod. Yeah, for sure. Thank
1: you very much for inviting me.
0: No, this is great. So just real quick, before we get into the beast that's the federal government uh, trying to put their will on everybody, how did you become sheriff? You just got elected, yeah?
1: Yes. uh, So... I've been in the city of Tiffin, which is in northwest Ohio and Seneca County, since 1993. I started as a police officer with the city of Tiffin and uh, worked my way up through the ranks. And for the last eight years, was the chief of police for the city of Tiffin. The sheriff's election came about due to, I guess, problems out at the sheriff's office that I thought that I could be the person next up to help with some of the lawsuits, some of the treatment of the staff and basically to go in a different direction that it went so i threw my name in the hat and through the election process where every vote matters i won by three votes holy smokes wow yeah (laughs) so every vote matters so there's a lesson in civic duty i guess of going out and voting and part of that was part of that came about the reason it was so close was because of the covid restrictions that were placed on us at the time and stopped everybody from going to the polls on the day of the election Otherwise, if you look at the numbers afterwards through the votes in and Tiffin, and it, it probably would have been a couple thousand in my favor that didn't come out and vote because of what happened afterwards and the complications of mail in votes and everything. But we're not here to get into that part of it. But man, um, I'll, tell I'll tell you what, tell you what though, that win. is
0: that's one of the things that we talk about is you know, that, that you yes. can't give up voting. You can't just say, ah, no. my vote doesn't matter. Because if four people would have said, ah, yes. you know what, I had a long day of work, I'm just going to sit this one yeah. out, then. And it says here Seneca, well, Seneca County has
2: 56,469 people that yeah. live there. So it so probably, probably wasn't a great turnout. I did,
1: but. My, I, did, I did triple that three into nine. It sounds better when you say you tripled it uh, through the mail-in votes and the, the late votes that came in postmarked to the date, but they opened them afterwards. So nine votes. So if five people would have uh, <laughs> voted the other way. Right. <laughs> All right. So So that brings us up to, so you get elected. And when did you take yes. office? January 4th, it was the term that we're supposed to start. But I started on New Year's Eve because the previous sheriff decided to leave at noon the, the day before. And I, and I got appointed for that four-day term. So I started cleaning up some of the mess around January 1st. So didn't spend the holiday. I spent it out here swearing in my staff and getting to work right away on January 1st, boots on the ground.
0: And everything's going great. Everything's going great. Uh, after a- 11
1: and a half months, we're turning the corner. We are a federal facility. We're all a ICE facility that was getting ready to lose that designation because of not passing federal inspections and some of the state mandatory basic minimum inspections. And that was another reason that I ran. And now we had four federal inspections in the last 11 months. We passed every one. And the state inspection, we're going to be a compliant jail for the first time in many years. So that's awesome. So you
0: so so you keep your ICE designation. You get to keep the ICE facility, which is huge for
1: Seneca County. But a lot
2: of people up here don't really think about having an ICE facility in their backyard. Am I right?
1: right. That's right. We've been in ICE facility since, I believe, 2004, or 2005, one of the original ones. And they added onto to the facility to make room for some of those detainees. At one point, I think our highest number population-wise was about 75 of the federal illegal ICE detainees. And when I took over, we were down to about five or six at the beginning of the year. Part of that was the last administration not wanting to have illegal detainees in here due to COVID reasons, all the restrictions that was going on, and just not putting themselves out there. We are currently housing about 40 at the moment. And that, so obviously that's up since the beginning of the year. It's actually, of, uh, of it's actually year.
0: more than I would have thought. It's less yeah. than However, I would have
1: thought. Yeah, just well, in general, well, the ones that we have now are different than the ones that we had last year. Obviously, before I took over and at the beginning of the year, these are the ones that are waiting deportations that are pretty much the hardened criminals. Mm-hmm. They're not the ones that just simply cross the border anymore because this administration doesn't recognize that as a crime, right. Uh, right. like the previous administrations have. But the, we are in danger of losing the ice designation, not through inspections or anything, but because of the executive order. Well, oh, that's where I was going. So,
0: so we get the we get all the inspections passed. We're happy,
1: right? Yay! Hey, yep. we get to keep the facility. But yep. then, but then I get slapped with an executive order one four zero four two requiring coronavirus vaccinations for federal employees and or contractors and or subcontractors which we are a federal contractor since we house ice detainees and we were told uh by december 8th or 6th 100 percent of our employees which we have approximately 85 to 90 at any given time all have to be mandatorily vaccinated not taking into account any of their health conditions not taking into account if they've had it religious exemptions Uh, Yeah, I've I've got people that are going through cancer treatments. I've got pregnancies. I've got uh, other health issues, which I don't know about them until they tell me about them. And I'm not required to know about them, nor do I want to know about their health issues. So on September 9th, when that order was issued after about the next couple of days and over the weekend, I started getting a lot of rumblings from my employees. You know, are we going to have a job? Uh, am I going to have to choose between a job and the jab, you know, all that stuff. So on September 13th, I wrote a memo to the whole staff and put it out in an email to to the whole staff to calm the uh, rumors and everything that was going on. And if you want, I can give you a lowdown of what that letter entails. Yeah, if you don't mind. I mean, we've sure. read it. but uh, uh, Basically, it was in reference to the COVID vaccine mandates. Um, I know that there has been a lot of talk and anxiety about the new requirements. And I put that in quotes because instead of calling them mandates, I noticed that they changed the word to requirements because they polled it and it sounded better, apparently, that are supposed to come down from the federal government. So I want to address that in this letter to all employees. Basically, I said I've been in public service for 37 years now. I started uh, when I was 17 years old when I enlisted in the United States Army and I swore an oath to support the Constitution of the United States. I then became a police officer for the city of Tiffin, where I swore an oath to the Constitution of the United States, the state of Ohio, and to the city of Tiffin. And upon each successive promotion, from sergeant to lieutenant, and finally to chief of police, I re-swore that oath. And upon my election to sheriff in January here at Senate County, I again swore an oath to the Constitution of the United States and to the Constitution of the state of Ohio. I didn't just gloss over the words. They mean something to me throughout my whole life, now over the last four decades. And should to everyone who takes the oath to support the Constitution of the United States. Well, they're not just words on paper.
0: No, absolutely not. And with the with the federal government currently the way they are, having a constitutional sheriff, I think, is more important to everybody with each election. I think when people elect you, they're not electing you you know, based on your fiscal policies. They're not electing you based on anything other than the fact where you are with the Constitution. Hold hold the line. Hold the line. Are you going to protect this county when the federal government comes in here to try to take our guns? Are you going to protect this county when the federal government comes in here and says, we can't speak out against them? And in this case...
1: I, I was the only candidate that spoke up and put on my webpage and Facebook page where I stand on that when I was asked those questions by the Second Amendment groups and the red flag questions and everything like that. I clearly delineated myself from my uh, opponents by, by stating my position early, often, and at every uh, group outing that had me to, to, to speak. Not perfect. Um, I mean, obviously- Because I knew where I stood from the beginning. I, I didn't have to tell this group one thing, tell this group another thing, because from the beginning, it's the constitution with me. It's not waffling to whatever political win or uh group wants it. Now, what, right or wrong, some groups didn't like it, but, you know, they knew where I stood.
2: I get it. And you don't understand how important it is. Like there are people where you work that got the shot because they felt like it was right for them. And, and, and that's fine and, and, and dandy. Right. And then when you have people that were sitting there looking at their family going, hey, I'm not getting this thing and I don't know what's going to happen when this deadline drops right. and I'm sorry to have someone in leadership position say, I have your back. Not a lot of people have that right now. I know there no, was, they there, don't. There was a guy not. that was talking to Jim Jordan that owns a trucking company and told Jim Jordan, I'm going to lose half my staff. It would have been a whole lot easier to be a politician at that point. I can't you lose know? half my staff. I can't. right? right. So, so no, I, 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 I applaud you for, for standing up, you know, for the people so, underneath you and taking care of that because that, that well, thank takes a load off.
1: I'll finish the, what the letter here. I said, basically these are not just words on paper to recite when you want a job or get elected to office, but to be taken to heart and to stand up for when it is abused. In today's cancel culture and attack mode mentality, it is hard to take a stand on anything. But in this case, I find it very easy and is the right thing constitutionally. Let me be very clear. I am not anti-vaccine and I'm not pro-vaccine. All I am is pro-freedom. I am for each person's ability and responsibility to decide for themselves in cooperation with their family doctor whether to get the vaccine or not. I do not know all your health statuses, nor do I want to. It is and always should be your right to privacy when it comes to that. I will continue to make precautions where needed. I will obtain supplies and equipment to help mitigate what we can, and I will ensure as clean and healthy of a work environment that I can. However, it is in the defense of my oath of office and the defense of individual liberty that the Seneca County Sheriff's Office has not and will not mandate the COVID vaccine for any of our employees. It is a choice of any employee to get vaccinated or not, and we will respect their decisions. A person's livelihood, through their job, should not be threatened. Please continue to use precautions by keeping your work areas clean, wash your hands frequently, keep an eye on your health through monitoring for known symptoms, and above all, be safe.
0: All right, so you're not a crazy anti-vaxxer, right? You're not telling people not to get it. No, I'm not. You are 100% pro-freedom. If you want to get it, get it. Be safe, wash your
1: hands. You're adults, you know what you need to do. I'll volunteer the information. I got COVID uh, from this facility, cause I'm one of those people that get down and work with my, my employees and staff. So I was back in the jail uh, when they had their COVID issues back there that ran through through the jail, which all were mild cases, by the way, from the employees to the inmates. And I caught it at the end of January of this year, uh, about three weeks into my office, I was, I was down and out uh, with, with COVID. So I had the natural immunity. However, I also have an autistic grandson that lives with me. So For my wife and for my um, daughter who lives with us, uh, I also got the shot in March, uh, at the end of March. So I've done both. But those were my choices with my doctor, in consultation with my family, and it wasn't mandated on me to do any of that stuff. So Uh I I see both sides of the argument. All right. So you write this
0: letter. Hey, that's all great, right? Because that letter doesn't yep. doesn't have a whole lot of teeth to nope. it. All you're saying is, look, nope. I, I support you guys, but did you leave them on their own or what was the next step?
1: No, the next step was to contact my um, local congressman, Gary Click, our Ohio representative. I let him know what was going on. I also contacted the state senator, Bill Reineke, uh, let him know what was going on, gave him a copy of the letter as well, told him what was going on in the facility locally, and luckily, I'm able to meet with them frequently because they are from this area. So at events or whatever, I, I kept them apprised of what was going on, and they had me do so. I also um, was scheduled to meet with Congressman Jim Jordan, who, who was in our our district representative for Congress. And he was down here for a tour of some other stuff, but he carved out some time for me to talk about the, the ICE facility. And that's when uh, I presented it to him as well and was telling him about some of the mandates uh, that were coming down, uh, that they were requiring. I also sent off an email and a request to Attorney General Yost from the state of Ohio, uh, advising him of the situation and asking him why. You know, Ohio is one of the, the 16 states at the time that was filing a lawsuit. A few days later, I got contacted by the chief counsel from Ohio under Attorney General Yost, who uh, was very excited to take our case. And I also got them into contact with Geauga County because we actually have standing because we are a a federal contractor. And they wanted to know if we wanted to take this further. And both myself and Sheriff from Geauga County uh, agreed to. And so we were signed on with the lawsuit with the Commonwealth of Kentucky, Tennessee, Tennessee, Seneca County, and Geauga County. And it was filed in the Southern District of Ohio in the 5th District and for them to proceed on our behalf as well to stop this unconstitutional regulation mandate, whatever you want to call it.
2: And that's cool. Have you been uh, reaching out to, to other sheriff's departments in other, in other counties to try to see how many people you can get on your side for this?
1: Well, right now it only affects the, um, the ones that have federal contractors. But unfortunately, whether they want to or not, the, they're going to be pulled into it if they have more than 100 employees and Mark my word, it's going to come down to you know under 100 employees after the first of the year if things go through. But fortunately, there's been already a stay on the 100 or less em- employees. And I just got word today uh, it hasn't hit the wire yet. So you're getting the are uh, the, <laughs> uh, the scoop the uh, scoop that from Attorney General Yost that we won our injunction against the federal mandate for the contract the federal contractors. What that means is that um, that December 6th deadline is no longer uh, an option that we have to fall under. And obviously this is headed straight eventually to the uh, Supreme Court is where it will be decided.
0: So here's our problem. Our problem is that this podcast is always at least a week out. So I just wanted to note it mm-hmm. noted that today is November 30th and we got the <laughs> scoop before anybody else got it. We just couldn't get the air first. That's right. That's, yeah. <laughs> and that's fine.
1: Yeah. And it was probably 2 hours ago that I got the call. So um yeah, I, if it, if it isn't on Google by now, it'll be coming out in a, in a press release probably tomorrow from the Attorney General. Well,
0: and you talk about you talk about all these other companies and all these other other people that it's going to be um It's going to be those with less than 100 employees, but nobody's standing up right now, right? Because it doesn't affect them. They're like, ah, this is just affecting the federal contractors. But when they let it go through with you, then it's going to go through with all these companies that have more than 100. And when it goes through with them, it's going to go down to the companies now that have 50. And when it goes through with them, it's going to go through to those companies that have 25. And everybody knows the quote from a German Lutheran pastor, uh, Martin uh, Niemöller. Uh, And it is first they came for the socialist and I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionist and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me and there was no one left to speak for me. And that is exactly where we are right now. If you think you are safe because you have a company that has 25 employees and they're not coming for you right now and you don't stand up to fight against this by the time they do come for you there is going to be nobody left to fight for you. This is how they steamroll us. So Correct. I applaud you for, for standing up against the Leviathan and taking them on. Now, are you in contact with any other sheriff's departments in the country, maybe, who are facing the same thing, who are federal contractors?
1: Well, do, you know, we, we do talk um, through the BSSA, the Buckeye State Sheriff Association and stuff. Um, so there, there is, I believe, you know, um, more constitutional sheriffs Uh, on the side of of the right side of what we feel we are um, against the government in mandating these non-FDA approved shots. And and people don't understand that, that none of the shots have been FDA approved. That's one consideration that uh, I took when, when I took this stance. Another one is, you know, they're not even considering the natural immunity if you've already had COVID. The good for me, but not for me, by the politicians who are mandating it for all of us. But yet they're exempt and their staffers are exempt. You know, and I meant to bring um, that up
0: before with Jonah. And it's and also,
1: here's the, here's the funny thing, Jim and Dan. So if this thing is so dangerous, whether it is or it isn't, because everybody knows somebody that probably has, you know, got that COVID-related designator because they had underlying comorbidities or whatever. Why is it optional for my inmates here? Why is it optional for the ICE detainees? But yet my staff has to be 100%. Uh, mandatory vaccinated. I, mean, I, I don't. I don't get that. Um, And then you cut out the doctor's involvement totally. uh, That p- doctor-patient relationship, which before was everything. You know, you you couldn't do anything because of HIPAA because of everything. Now you have to give up all those rights and tell them if you've had the shot or not had the shot or prove this or prove that. Where before you didn't have to do any of that before. And then where, before where does, it stop, told, right? yeah, where does it stop?
0: Right. Never before
1: have anybody been told get it or lose your job. That's not America. This isn't what we grew up.
0: Where does it stop? Because once you allow them to get away with mandates by threatening your employment, where does it stop after that? All they're going to do is threaten your employment to exact their will every time they want to exact their will. Every time. Every single time. This this is the test case. This is the
2: test case right here to see if we stand up against it. You're going to pay 45% in federal tax. And you're like, no, I'm not. And they're like, we're going to take it out of your
0: check or you can just quit. Yeah. Right. Right. And that's exactly what they'll do. Let's say this thing doesn't go your way. Let's say that uh-huh. ultimately they say not, nah, doesn't matter. You got to get everybody vaccinated. What's the next step for you?
1: Then my next step would be to tell them to come get their ICT needs because I will no longer be a federal there contractor. And I just am under the hundred, but even if they go under the hundred, I'm an elected official, even though our County employees total over a hundred, I'm my own entity out here. So I can run my own regulations and my own uh, law. So if I'm a one term sheriff, I'm OK with that. I, I told that to everybody when I was running. I'm not running for reelection. I'm running to make things right uh, out here, to stop the lawsuits, to bring stability out here, to bring the Constitution back in our county, to bring what I did for the city of Tiffin and lowering the crime rate, community engagement, everything to a countywide. Instead of the 20,000 in Tiffin, now it's out to the fifty 57,000 residents. And that's what I'm doing. And, you know, damn the torpedoes. I could care less if I get reelected or not.
0: And I absolutely agree that – them mandating all of your employees because you're a federal contractor. Um, I agree that I I think it's a a gross overreach, but there's a question as to whether or not they can actually do that because obviously the president has the right to dictate, you know, what happens in the federal government and he's allowed to do that. Those are his employees, but I don't think there's any gray area when it comes to the president of the United States telling any company that has more than a hundred people in it, that they have to get the vaccine when they have nothing to do with the federal government. And we said this earlier today. Well,
1: yeah, well, that that was just a good start. That's arbitrary. Just arbitrary. Number one. And number two, why do they wait till January? You know, they put this out September 9th. If it was such, you know, an emergency two years later, by the way, why do they wait till after the holidays? It doesn't match the urgency of their words. When you see statistics and you see, policies that, that that are so outside the norm that you you scratch your head and say you know it's less than 1% it's it's even less than you know a half a percent but yet they're acting like people are dropping like flies
0: you know, all, and, and all that aside, easy. you show me an article, too, where the president has the authority to dictate how a private business runs its business. And he can say, he, he can say, hey, look, it's not me, it's OSHA, all he wants, but it's only OSHA because you told OSHA to do it. It's still coming from you. You know how it is Correct. when it comes to the Fourth Amendment, right? When you cannot go into somebody's house and search their house without a warrant. Well, as soon as you enlist, you know, a neighbor or a friend of, of your target and you have them mm-hmm. go in there and search the house for you— well, that person immediately becomes an agent of the police, and the search is no good. It's the same thing Correct. here. The president is saying, hey, look, I, I'm not doing this. OSHA's doing it. But OSHA's like, hold on, bitch. You told me. You told us to go do it. You know? This is still right. absolutely unconstitutional. Well, let's not even get into the constitutionality of OSHA. But no. I mean, you have a whole lot of unconstitutional things going on here. Yeah. And president it's just amazing how the many the people and how many, how many big companies... Are, are telling their their staff, look, yeah. oh, the president said we have to do it. We got to do it. And we're going
2: to wrap yeah. up the, the everyday constitution next week when we finish it off. And I haven't heard or seen OSHA in it yet. No, But m- maybe in these last couple ones that we run <laughs> maybe next week, they'll maybe, be in,
0: maybe maybe, in it. Yeah, maybe, maybe. there's, uh, you know what? I haven't read them, but there could be an OSHA amendment. I don't know. I, mm. We'll have to see. <laughs> Doesn't we'll sound familiar. See. There no. might be an <laughs> amendment <laughs> in there that gives the president the, uh, the the right to dictate what you do in your private business. I don't know. Well, this yeah, is where the Convention of States
2: comes through. And, I, and, and right away, we could have just jumped up and said, hey, no vaccine mandate. Boom. And then made it a constitutional yeah. amendment. And then what? Then what? On to your next whatever
0: whatever crisis you got going on. Well, and I think you're seeing it with people like Sheriff Stevens. I think you're seeing the nullification in, in process again, uh, where these, I don't even remember how many states immediately got on board with the mandate. It, it was 21 um, immediately. And there's more now that rejected that it, rejected it. Yeah. Right? That are it was on board, 16 when it started on board with the rejection then 21. Yeah. So that's nullification, right? They can say you have to do it, but if all these states yeah. say we're not doing it, come and enforce it. And they're like, well, we don't really have the people to enforce it. We need you to enforce right. it for it us. Happened with liquor. And we're like, Nope, we're not enforcing it. Yeah.
1: That's, yeah. that's how it works, man. Well, mm-hmm. I'll go back even further last year um, before I even left. Uh, as a chief of police, you know, when this all started and it started coming about and we were bannering back and forth, how this was going to happen. And, you know, wearing masks was mandatory and all this other stuff. I quickly put out as the chief of police, we are not the mask police. You know, we are not going to be enforcing, going to your local Walmart or Kroger's and, you know, uh, because some, cause we were getting phone calls from people that somebody was at Walmart or somebody was at Kroger's not wearing their mask. You know, this is a healthcare care. A crisis, not a law enforcement crisis was my stance as chief of police. And that's what I ran on as well, that I'm not going to be enforcing, you know, uh, a mandatory mask, you know, wearing or anything like that. Fortunately, we haven't had that problem in this area. Um, But to go back to what you said, Congress did not give the president authority to issue such a broad mandate that that they're trying to lay on us right now. You know, and, and that's where I'm coming from. That the unlawful use of that executive power, that they're trying to force the federal contractors, federal employees, uh, employees with 100 or more and, you know, coming for you and I next to that, that have employees uh, 10 and under or whatever. So that's where I stand. Uh, and I won't waver from that.
0: Well, and w- at what point does a mandate become a law? Right. I mean, at what exactly. point a law by any other name is still a law? Uh, you can call it a mandate. you can call it a regulation, you can call it whatever. But if there are repercussions, I mean, if there is a penalty for not following it, to me, it's basically a law. Now you're gonna say that you're getting around it. Uh, well, Congress has to Congress is the one who's tasked with creating all law in the United States. but this isn't a law, Dan. No, it's no. a mandate. Congress doesn't Correct. have to pass mandates. I can I, I got a pen and a phone. I can do <laughs> mandates. That's exactly what this is. You're going to mandate right. that I had to drink more bourbon here in a minute. That's, that's actually federal law.
1: <laughs> and because they pulled it, they didn't call it a mandate. They called it a requirement.
0: See, and I hadn't heard that. So that's what they're on now. That's the word? well. You got to see well, the yeah, paperwork when come it comes through and sniff it out.
1: Because they saw that the mandate wasn't sitting well with the, you know, the common person that is saying, wait a minute, this isn't right. So not not all, a law. All, they all they changed. They, did they, didn't, they
0: didn't change yeah. the body. All they changed was the title. No. Right. Yes, oh well it's not a man dude anymore I'm okay with it now but right. but I tell you what where
2: do, where do the people stand when they work for a company that uh, doesn't believe in any of this and then they go ahead and institute it anyway and then they look their employees in the face and go we're, we're ready to take this on
0: if you know if you're ready to leave leave you know well you see how that's worked out so far for Southwest right you see how it's working out for Disney Disney's backed off of it now everybody talks real tough when I heard they... Ford backed off from it too I'll bet I'll bet when you're looking at losing a quarter of your workforce, it sounds like a good idea. As long as everybody's on board. Right, right. You get 25% of your your employees
2: employees that are like, nope, we're not doing it. We're leaving. Yeah, if this was smallpox and 40% of us were dying, we'd all be like, hey. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. right, exactly. (laughs) That'd be fighting to the front of the line, right? Exactly.
1: I'd be going to Sheriff Stevens. I'd be like, you know me, bro.
0: Can I get a (laughs) shot?
1: (laughs) Yeah, that was one of my points. You know, people aren't dropping around like flies around us. This isn't, you know, like you said, 40, 50 percent, even 20 percent or 25 percent of our population. This is under one percent, under a half a percent. Right. You know, and it's the ones that are have the comorbidities. Well, I was going to say considerably less than that of healthy people.
2: And nobody's promoting vitamin D anymore. Nobody's, you know, Uh, promoting vitamin C or or even getting to the gym. They're trying to shut gyms down. Let's 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 not do that. Right. We need it whose wife
0: was that? We always talk about her 103 years old that died just recently. Yeah. I want to say it was arm. It wasn't Armstrong. No, no, I don't. Anyway, there was was a wife. It was, it was a famous wife and she died. 103 years old. And they said she died from COVID. And I'm like, do you think she died because she was 103? Listen, she might have yeah. died with COVID. She didn't die of COVID, right? She's 103 years old. She's outliving like estimates by 20 years. Yeah. And COVID's natural, so that was a natural cause, <laughs> exactly. allegedly. Yeah, it's natural. Natural <laughs> coming out of a lab. Well,
1: where where is our flu stats anymore? No, we cured it. Yeah, yeah,
0: because yeah, we, we made everyone mask.
2: <laughs> we made everyone mask, and the flu went away. So, yeah. Or we stopped counting it. Either either way. And it'd work the same way if we stopped counting corona cases too. It would just It would. Yeah. It would. Yeah. Because there's been flu seasons that were rough and we would see that, you know, people were struggling really bad or getting pneumonia. And and it seemed like it was about every six years. And then when they're giving you the flu shot anyway, they're just rolling the dice on that strain anyway. Sure. How about offering people, you know, a vaccine that just has a a dead cell of corona in it and isn't an
0: mRNA? Well, you know, what's what's great is you, you say a vaccine. This isn't a vaccine. This is a therapeutic Right. This does Mm -hmm. not do anything to prevent you from getting it. It doesn't do anything to prevent you from giving it to somebody else. All it does is make your symptoms less so that you don't end up in the hospital. You don't die. That's not a vaccine. That is a therapeutic.
1: And no long term studies
0: on it. None at all. And they get
2: to be on both sides of it, because if you're vaccinated and you get it, you're like, it was tough. But it probably would have been tougher if I wouldn't. have been. And then if I get it and I'm like, I'm I'm fine, I shook it in two days. They're like, you're lucky you didn't die. (laughs) You know, and they just get to be on both sides of it when I'm just over here trying to trying to be free.
0: And then they uh, they did that big in-depth two month study on how it's going to affect kids five to twelve. Two months is a
2: stretch. <laughs> I know someone yeah. we can call that'll that'll dispute that. <laughs>
0: yeah, right, right. All right. So what's next, Sheriff? What's so now? Well, we're, now we're waiting. We got the stay.
1: We're waiting. Well, we're past the. We got the stay, so I don't have to worry about December sixth.
0: Oh, when's this going to go up, though? Probably not by the sixth. You know what? Maybe I'll just talk about this episode, and we'll start at least putting the link up that is in public comment right now until the sixth, where you, anybody can comment to Congress about this. And I have that link. I'll, I'll get it up. But it's important. It's not just Sheriff Stevens' fight. It's my fight. It's your fight. It is everybody's fight. And if you are in disagreement with this and you think this is unconstitutional and you don't want to put up with this, you need to let your reps know. You need to let your senators know. You need to let your state reps, your state senators, you need to let your governor know. You need to let everybody who you can know where you stand on this. And if they vote for this... If Congress pushes this through, says, ah, it's okay. If the courts say, ah, this is, well, the courts, you can't really vote them out. But if your congressman does not get on board with you on this, on the right side of the Constitution for this, not what he thinks is right or wrong. They got to know. But what the Constitution says, then he goes. They got to know. It. it doesn't matter what else he does. You have to vote him out. So Yeah. We've seen it happen before in other instances where, where people made the wrong choice. and, and Anthony Gonzalez. That's our boy. That's the poster child of making bad decisions, man. (laughs) It doesn't matter what he did in his life, right? Ohio State could have cured cancer. Doesn't matter. You know what? You voted for an illegal impeachment. See ya. And he's like, I'm not running... I'm just not going to run. Yeah, he did. Because, you know, it's funny. You go on his Twitter, you go on everything else, and he will have a picture of him with some veterans. And he's like, ah, we raised, you know, $250,000 for this veterans group. And the first comment's like, shut up, traitor. (laughs) You're a scumbag. You're a scumbag, traitor. So he knew he couldn't run. But that's how it's got to be. Anybody you have that represents you that is not on the right side of this, is not on the constitutional side of this, doesn't get a pass. It doesn't matter what else they've done for you. If they can't uphold their oath, they don't get a second chance, and that's where we are right now. We're not in that that place where we can just keep on keeping on with the same old thing. And I think
2: I think that's why they're 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 making it really hard for you know patriot loving constitutionalists to be you know just
0: looked upon as as the, as the bad guy because it's going to get in the way of everything they want to do. Nope, hundred percent. All right, sheriff. Well, listen, I really appreciate you taking the time with us. Do you have
1: anything else you want to add or anything you want to close with here? Yeah, I'll I'll close with this. Article 1, Section 1 of the Ohio Constitution, Bill of Rights, Article 1, says all men are by nature free and independent and have certain inalienable rights, among which are those of enjoying and defending life and liberty, acquiring, possessing, and protecting property, and seeking and obtaining happiness and safety. That's what I made my decision on right there, and that's what I'm going to plant my flag on. So thank you for having me on. I appreciate you allowing me to spout my Constitution and I will continue to fight the good fight here in Seneca County.
0: Yeah, listen, and we're going to try to keep up with you. But as you get things that are happening with this, as as you're getting your victories, just let us know because we'd love to have you back. Sure, love to have you here in person for the uh, celebration and we'll crack open uh, one of our good bottles of bourbon for the celebration when we uh, <laughs> when we beat the federal government on this thing. So that that would be great. Yeah, absolutely. I will keep you in the loop. All right, I appreciate it. Take care, Sheriff. All right. Thanks, Thank man. You. All right. Bye bye. That's a all breath right. of fresh air, man. To, yeah, To man. hear somebody that's that, got them kind of values that's that, in office, right? Dude, that right there is, that is who everybody hopes is their sheriff right there. You know, is there any doubt in your mind what's going to happen to the ATF rolled into town there and said, hey, we're here to get all, all your people's guns. We need, we need 50 deputies to go with us. <laughs> what do you think uh, that sheriff's going to do?
2: I mean, remember I told you my buddy was like, every sheriff needs to Grab a hold of anybody that's breaking the law or or, or going against the Constitution and cuff them. Right, you know who you are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the way it is. It's it's tough, and like I said, they're they're putting such a bad you know rap on on patriot loving constitutionalists, and it's a damn shame because that's what we're hanging on to. It's what this country was founded on. It's what we're trying to make it better with, because it can be.
0: And it will be. And you can't let them, I'm telling you, this is it. This is the test case. You can't let them get away with this one. If you let them get away with this one, man, they're coming for everything else. We'll have to change this name to Paul, the constitution
2: pretty soon. If we- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right.
0: Uh,
2: golly. All right. Well, no, that's good. I guess, uh, I guess we'll get out of here. Heck yeah. You got anything else? At the time this drops, it will be uh, live for a couple weeks and- we appreciate everybody listening and tuning in. Every
0: Monday right now. Every Monday we're dropping a new episode. You can always reach out to me at jim at pbapodcast.com with questions, concerns, hate mail, love mail, whatever you want to yep. give us. We're on Twitter at Jim and Dan Show. We're on Facebook at Pod Bless America. We don't got nothing up on YouTube yet, but we will.
2: What is that one? I that is Pod Bless America one. 1. Pod Bless America 1. Yeah, but if you just look up Pod Bless America, once we get videos up, it'll, it'll populate itself. It'll be fine.
0: So wherever you're listening to these podcasts, though, do us a favor and hit subscribe. Don't just be a one and done for us. Hit subscribe. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. All that helps us so much to be able to get our message out. So with that said, I'm Jim. I'm Dan. Pod bless America.